And welcome back. And uh, it's Ann and Emily Russell podcast. It's episode 48. My name is Annalise. And um, wow, I really, yeah, I, I, I got nothing for this week of professional wrestling news. I have everything for this week of professional wrestling. And sometimes I wish we'd stop covering the news. But before we get into that, let us bring in my co-host, my tag team partner. She is the greatest heel of all time. She's the vicar of doom, the reverend of destruction. She is ascending from the rafters in the in the gang that sti- that's in the gimmick that Sting owes her approximately three billion four hundred seventy-eight million <laughs> five hundred ninety-five thousand six hundred thirteen dollars and two cents. It's Emily the Raven. It's Emily the Raven. Tony Shavani said that the first time I came down from the rafters and then he started using it for sting. Uh, so Tony. Tony also you is know, gonna end up he's gonna I'm gonna name him as an accessory in this lawsuit that I'm filing. Yes, because we <laughs> use criminal term criminal legal terms in civil cases. That's how this works. Um <laughs> hey, yeah. hey I you know what? It sounds good on the podcast. We're keeping it in. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say that 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 uh, MJF is is right about everything that he says about Tony Schiavone. He's just right. He's just right about, about everything he says about Tony wow. Schiavone. Wow! So, wow! Even I, I wouldn't mean, go that far, and I'm suing him. <laughs> I mean, we we just we just know that Tony Schiavone is just you know not you know. Sorry, Tony. We actually quite like you. Not yeah, as much as I, like I love the other you, game. Tony. The other guy named Tony we like a lot more because he sends us bubblegum. Mm, yum. But, you know, if you want to get into the great bubblegum more of 2023, Tony Shivani, you can send us some <gasps> bubblegum. Oh, wow. Yes, our contract's going to be up for renewal, and we're going to be able to negotiate for more gum. Wait, we signed a contract? Um, I signed it for both of us. <laughs> oh, okay. I completely trust you. <laughs> it Remember that time? <laughs> Remember that time? Go ahead. Your joke's too good than mine. It's a, it asked for a fingerprint, and I put one of my co- my cat's paw pads on it, and they accepted it as your fingerprint, Ian. Well, there it is. <laughs> I'm sure if they actually run it against my fingerprints from all those years of substitute teaching, they'll find a problem with it, but, you know, whatever. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, it's just like it's just like that time in grad school where you ended up with my power of attorney after a poker game. So far, and you I, haven't. Go ahead. I haven't abused this privilege at any point. Nope. <laughs> well, I mean, there was that one time, but we're not talking about that. Well, you know, everybody gets one, you know, mistake that you can write off, and. Yep. You know, we we had never been to Tijuana together, so <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, let's let let let's get this show under underway because it gave me enough time to look up some of the ridiculous stuff about our top story. Because we were going to start off this show by breaking the rule we'd set two episodes ago. Of not talking about CM Punk until there was something to fucking talk about. 
well, there's something to fucking talk about, but unfortunately, there's other shit that came to the forefront. And listeners, all 15 of you, which is our current <laughs> estimated audience, and bless you. We we are not doing this for for fame and clout. We're doing this because we're friends who like to talk about wrestling. So, um, if you want to spread it around, and you enjoy our content. We appreciate that. So, seriously, sincerely, all fifteen of you, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, WWE Vince McMahon at all are being sued for racial discrimination. I'm taking this from the article right up on ESPN. Uh, whatever you might think about sports media, ESPN is a pretty darn good news outlet when it comes to this stuff. So, a former WWE writer has filed a lawsuit against the company. I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this. Uh, Brittany Abrams, a black woman, said she was fired uh, by WWE last year in retaliation for pushing back against racism, as well as racist and stereotypical pitches in the writer's room, according to court documents. The suit, suit was filed in the U.S. District Court, blah, 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 blah. It names uh, WWE itself, but also Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and uh, three other people uh, who are being who are being um, filed. And among the things that were being pitched, and I want you to uh, we're we're going to take some time with this one because this is so incredibly stupid that we have to actually sit down and talk about it before we get on with the rest of this fucking lawsuit. In the suit, Abrams alleges that during her WWE employment, several writers made racist pitches, one of which included the idea of a backstory for Saudi Arabian-born wrestler Mansoor having secretly orchestrated the attacks of September 11, 2001. Hold on. <laughs> if you think that's stupid, it's about to get stupider. The wrestler known as Mansoor, who is a Saudi, Saudi Arabian-born uh, wrestler whose full name is Mansoor Abdul Aziz Al Shahil. I hope I pronounced that completely correctly and respectfully. Was born on October 28th, 1995. So he was supposed to have orchestrated the 9 11 attacks when he was five years old, a month before his sixth birthday. Hmm. Who in the fuck thought that was a good pitch? Who in the fuck thought a 27-year-old who would have been five years old at the time of 9-11 orchestrating the 9-11? I, I'm sorry. The, the stupid is too much for me to talk. Emily, go. I mean, it's so offensive that it had to have come from you-know-who. I mean, not only is the age thing like the icing on the cake of how ludicrous this is, but I mean, really? Like, really? They like, really? Really? Oh, since since when has WWE done done well by Muslim wrestlers? They try to pretend as much as they can that Sami Zayn isn't of Syrian descent and isn't a Muslim, even though he very much is both of those things. And he used to have his tights in NXT have some Arabic writing on them. Um, lest we forget the, the mid-2000s Mohammed Hassan debacle where an Italian playing a... It wasn't even really defined where he was from, uh, but playing a Middle Eastern uh, um, 
uh, character who attacked the Undertaker with a group of of guys wearing combat fatigues and balaclavas. Um, just Whew. to you know, just kind of. I'm so done. <laughs> this is so stupid. This is so. I, I mean, that alone, that alone, uh, Brittany Abrams should be should walk away owning the company. Mm. Really, frankly, also in the suit, Abram claims that uh, that a writer continued to pretend to pen, uh, continually pen racist and stereotypical jargon for WWE Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair, who is who is black. Uh, she also alleges there was a push for Nigerian-born wrestler Apollo Cruz to speak in an over-the-top Nigerian accent, which he did for a while. Another oh, idea wow. to to reband a wrestler as a white hunter. Who hunted down and imprisoned other wrestlers, primarily one who was black. <gasps> oh, I missed. I did not see that in the article that I read. Oh my gosh. Yep. Uh, the, That's the, the, the wrestler, so the wrestler in question is the wrestler in question is Shane Thorne, who is Australian. They were gonna give him a crocodile dundee uh uh gimmick, and they actually oh. had him do some main event stuff. Uh, formerly of, of of and formerly formerly and once again of the Mighty Dote Neil, because uh, that tag team's back together in New Japan and we're all better for it. Um, I feel physically ill. Yeah, the I literally question, feel. Oh, the wrestler in question is a guy named Reggie who now has the worst gimmick on NXT. It's so bad I will not mention it on this show. I mean, the gimmick is at. It's not as bad as this one, but this is a gimmick that doesn't actually exist. But he used to apparently be in Cirque du Soleil, so their their, their whole pitch was to have Shane Thorne uh, keep him in a cage. What? Yep. And the optics of a black a, a black man being kept in a cage by a white man are completely lost on the WWE writers' room. I Abrams mean, alone, I find yeah. that hard to believe, but. I think I think I think the optics of it are completely lost on the on the on the white men in the writers' room. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, I think I think they have no idea what they're pitching. I think this is akin to a couple of esports teams who wanted to make their logo the um, Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball Z because they thought blackface was funny. And no, I'm not joking about that either. That's not a joke that's being made. That's a real thing that that actually happened in the Heroes of the Storm team. Um, oh my gosh! But I mean, that just betrays how ingrained racism is. That like and, it's so normalized to them that they don't even understand what they're doing. Nope. Or maybe they, they do, but clue. I mean, it's oh ugh, ugh, ugh. yep. Um, Abrams alleges that she and another black writer were discriminated against because of their criticisms of those ideas and lines. Abrams claims she was fired in, uh, by WWE in, to, in 2022 because she took home a commander of chair from WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, even though that was an open practice among WWE employees and she witnessed white employees doing that very thing without punishment. Um, and WWE has said they're not commenting on this issue. Uh, quite frankly, if WWE has a single brain cell in their legal team, they will settle this immediately. They will settle this immediately and make it go away because the longer this hangs around, 
the more it is going to cloud over the sale. It is a bad, bad look for them, but they fucking deserve to pay this woman a fuck ton of money. And frankly, as I said earlier in this, she should own the company right now. Yeah, whatever justice she wants, like, that's, you you know, whatever, whatever that is, let her have it. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is just, and I mean, it's so consistent with everything else we know about wwe practices like oh just is awful so bad. just awful i want to take a moment here to sidetrack off of this because this led to a whole bunch of drama on twitter with the person i mention often and i send him five dollars every month so i can have access to his news feed sean ross sap getting blowback for not covering this story when he was covering it the whole day it came out um hmm. dear internet wrestling community stop trying to score points off the backs of the journalists and you might think that we're trying to curry favor with fightful or with Meltzer or with wrestle talk we're not they're just legitimately nice people and you don't have to be a fucking douchebag to others just because they have a job doing something you wish you had a job doing okay seriously srs did his due diligence called this disgusting multiple times and then people started calling him out for not talking about it and he was talking about it as soon as the news broke because he's a fucking journalist and we're hobbyist podcasters who are total marks for wrestling <laughs> <laughs> that's why we weren't recording on tuesday we have other jobs that is his job he recorded he recorded it instantly so you know whatever i'm i'm getting tired of the internet wrestling community coming after people who, if you are just nice to them, they will be nice to you. It's not a hard concept. So, yeah, uh, that just really pissed me off. I'm, and I'm, it, it's one of the worst things just just happening in the internet wrestling community. And it's one of the reasons why I feel kind of dirty sometimes doing the show. M is because I feel like. I feel like we spend so much time talking about the stuff that's crap, but it needs to be talked about and light needs to be shined on it. And we can't ignore this because this is like right in line with our politics and beliefs. And so, yeah, uh, WWE done wrong, done big time wrong. Abrams mm -hmm. is asking the court for a declaratory judgment that the practices she claims violate New York laws and injunction preventing the defendants from alleged conduct and conduct and financial damage. Yep. Yep. That's what she should get. She should get exactly yeah. what she's asking for. And frankly, um, this is just unconscionably bad. And some of the defenses that have been coming out, that have been leaked out, because WWE is not commenting on this officially, but some of the defenses come out. It's like, well, we've, we, we pitch all kinds of crazy stuff in the writer's room. Oh, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> nice yeah, try. This isn't pitching crazy stuff. This is pitching slavery imagery and 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 trying to uh, pretend that a guy who was five at the time was a mastermind behind 9-11. That's not pitching crazy. That's just pitching racist. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, and ugh. and you're not being you're not being targeted for the racist conduct. You're being targeted because you fired the black woman who was calling you out for this shit. And you fired her for for doing something that 
everyone was doing and that they were told they were allowed to do. Seriously, this made me so mad. This continues to make me so mad. This is the absolute epitome of, you know, yes, WWE taking blood money from Saudi Arabia is worse. This is right up there. Well, it's just, it's consistent with everything else they do. Yep. Like, it's sick, but it's like, okay, it's not surprising because, yeah, they do, like, large-scale things, like taking money from uh, abusive regime that, I mean, oh my gosh, like, Yep. It's absolutely awful. It's absolutely disgusting. There's absolutely no excuse for any of this. And uh, please go and support the multiple journalists who were reporting on this and who are being the uh, sunshine um, of the strongest disinfectant on this fucking industry that is, that is, that is behaving this badly. Because one of the problems with an industry that's still, in a lot of ways, and and you see this online when people talk about it, it's still very much an old boys club. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, is that this shit is happening. All right. That was not going to be the first the first story of the night. I thought this was. I'm not going to insult in, in, insert the cult of personality clip. Emily, you, you know that Monday Night Raw is a WWE program, right? That's correct. <laughs> and CM Punk is an AEW contracted wrestler. That's also correct. And yet CM Punk was confirmed by a lot of things backstage on Monday night. So strange. It isn't actually. And so here, let, let's let's dissect this whole thing. So I'm going to give you the, and I'm going to give our listeners, as far as I've been able to piece together, and this is coming from Fightful, this is coming from Meltzer, this is coming from a lot of different sources, I'm going to piece it together. Um, so Punk was in Florida, flying back to Chicago. He was specifically in Orlando. What's in Orlando? NXT and the Performance Center. He got on a flight in Orlando that several WWE wrestlers were on, including friends of his, and they had a conversation uh, on the flight back. He went to Raw as a guest of people who are on the WWE roster, and specifically to talk to a handful of people. The people he talked to are notable in, in the reasons why he wanted to talk to him. So specifically, Punk spoke to uh, the Miz, who he had, who he used to be friends with, but had a falling out over in order to squash their beef. Um, he talked to Triple H, uh, who said, uh, "Hey, can we talk?" And Triple H, sure, I've got a couple of minutes, but I need to ask the boss if it's okay. Which led to Vince McMahon saying, "No, Punk has to leave the building." After, because Vince McMahon was not at Raw, he was in Connecticut because he's no longer traveling with the show, apparently. Uh, at which point, Punk left without incident. He uh, talked to Tamina in the parking lot, and he talked also to Baron Corbin and to a few other people. There's a lot of buzz going on, on the internet that this was a publicity stunt. This was this was orchestrated. This was all part of his return to AEW. 
it turns out from everything that we can garner, it was none of that. He got invited to come backstage because Raw was in Chicago at the United Center, which is close to his home. And he still has friends on the roster. And they said, hey, come by and say hi. And so he did. And he took the opportunity to uh, bury the hatchet with Miz. And he tried to bury the hatchet with Hunter before he was asked to leave. And he left without incident. So that's it. That's the whole story. Punk was at Raw. Looks like he was visiting friends. There was no conspiracy. This was not a thing. But it does kind of play into all the stuff that we're hearing out of AEW that Punk is coming back to AEW sometime around mid-June. Um, because <clears throat> we have to do a retraction. What's that? Remember last week when we said, when I said specifically based off of what I'd heard that um, Warner Brothers Discovery was interested in pursuing WWE rights? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was followed up the next day, the day after we did the show, by uh, reputations from Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, they are not interested in pursuing WWE rights. They're perfectly happy with AEW. They've got three shows and they're adding a fourth. AEW Collision has been trademarked already. It is assumed to be a Saturday show brand split, which is the next thing that we're that we're getting to. Emily, you brought this up, but I've been following this story all week, so talk about the brand split in AEW. Well, I'm trying to understand what it is. So part of part of me putting it in here is just because I'm trying like I'm trying to figure out like what is actually happen happening versus rumors versus you know there's all this stuff of like um Jericho and CM Punk meeting together and then like you know there's going to be a show that will have the elite there's going to be a show that's going to have uh Punk and they're not going to be together I don't know what to make of all of this. Like, what? I mean, have you been have you been following this? Do you what What are you thinking is going on? Well, the only people who are paid more bubblegum than we are are the are the uh, boys at Wrestle Talk, um, who uh, are big old AEW shills, as we all know. They all abs- <laughs> they all absolutely hate WWE, and Ollie Davis is the biggest AEW shill ever. Um, and C- and Ali Davis also believes CM Punk did nothing wrong. Um, that's a bit. It's a bit. It's not real. Um, except that Ali commits to his bits like you would not believe. It's 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 great. Wrestle Talk has been fantastic th- these last couple of weeks. Um, but the the thing is, is that so this is the stuff we weren't talking about for the last couple of weeks. Apparently, immediately after Brawl Out, Punk and Omega talked immediately after the fight and seemed to have squashed a lot of what the fight was about, between them at least. That has not been confirmed. That has only been reported a couple of ways. It's also, importantly, as far as I know, not been refuted. If it has been refuted, please let us know. Because, um, again, we're not, a new, we're not a news podcast. We're a fun podcast. Um, and for the last couple of months, Punk has been trying to have meetings with everyone to clear the air and to do the right thing and to come back the right way. And AEW's ratings have been suffering 
from not having CM Punk. And I know there's people out there who are cord cutters who are like, what do ratings matter? Ratings matter a whole hell of a lot. Ratings make a huge difference because a lot of what is uh, what gets a wrestling company like AEW or WWE the money to exist and do the production at the level they do it is TV deals. And the size of your TV deal is dependent on the size of the ratings you're consistently drawing. And AEW ratings have been down without CM Punk because Punk is the biggest minute-to-minute draw in professional wrestling. He is. He just is. Deal with it. Um, Roman might be bigger at times, but he has not been bigger consistently, especially as the Bloodline story has been softly petering out. Um, But if Punk were to come back, it would be a huge, huge, huge boost to AEW ratings. Okay, good. But there's too many people who are either friends with Colt Cabana, who have reason to be very angry at the shit that Punk was spewing at Brawl Out, Mm-hmm. People who either are the elite or are friends with the elite who are not happy about Brawl Out or, you know, old, 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 old guys like Chris Jericho who are not happy with locker room dissension leading to actual fisticuffs. Although kind of weird for Chris Jericho to be opposed to that since he did once beat up Goldberg in a shoot fight. Which is still my favorite pro wrestling story ever. <laughs> The idea that Goldberg was this unstoppable monster, but some cruiserweight half his size just took him down and beat the shit out of him backstage at a wrestling event. Because Goldberg is literally just a football player and Chris Jericho is actually a wrestler. (laughs) So, Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Jericho um, apparently has been willing to talk with Punk and and Jericho is willing to work with Punk and do business because he knows it will draw money. Jericho knows what he's doing. Insert random comment about Jericho's wife being at January 6th. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, Jericho, I mean, has he pretty much escaped that? Because, I mean, he wasn't there, so... I mean, except for Jesse Ventura giving him the business on his own podcast, I think he pretty much has escaped that. Um, But, yeah. Uh, so there's all this stuff that are happening, and despite Punk's efforts to bury the hatchet, take ownership of what he's done, and bring everyone back together and make money, which, by the way, would actually make a lot of money. First of all, Punk and FTR versus the Elite for the trios titles would be a banger of a match. It would be a great match regardless of who wins. Mm. And the crowd would be hot as hell for it. And that match might still be coming. But the brand split is kind of necessary, I think, for AEW. Because AEW is in almost the same place that WWE was in 2002. They have a big roster, and they have three hours of TV time. Yeah, they have a lot of wrestlers. So you need to really strategically break this up. And I think that part of it of getting Punk back on TV, uh, which is necessary for AEW's ratings, which again is necessary for their renewals, which again, we all want. And if Punk has generally, genuinely been spending the last couple of months trying to make amends, trying to make things right, showing up at Raw to, to make amends with people he's been bad-mouthing 
uh, and apologize for the way that he has been talking about both The Miz and Triple H, which is apparently what happened. I don't know. No one recorded it. All we got is some uh, is some uh, footage of Punk talking to Tamina in the parking lot. So, um, but yeah, this is just this is just um, a bunch of stuff that's happening, and people are are rightly skeptical about all of this. I remember when the first brand split happened back in two thousand and two in WWE. I didn't think it made any sense. And and it ended up being kind of interesting for a little while and then was held over. And it, it's still one of those things that I don't necessarily like. And as we're recording this, the current WWE draft is happening. Why? Because this weekend the NFL draft is also happening. You know that fake sport that's called football where they don't <laughs> actually use their feet that much? Yeah. It's a fake uh, it's a fake American sport. It's not very good. I wouldn't recommend it. It's it's got worst some kind of name for a sport uh, ever. Yep. And, uh, and near as I can tell, it's about meatheads getting concussions and CTE. Not to joke about those two things, because that is very serious. And something that the NFL and the NCAA spent decades covering up. Right? Yeah. If you can't tell, we're a couple of cynical bitches who just have absolutely <laughs> no truck for for billionaires making making their money off of the work that other people do, putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment. You know what? We're just calling it like it is, and that's consistent mm-hmm. with Lutheran theology. So <laughs> it's also consistent with athe- with atheism, non theology. So <laughs> I, yes, yeah, it's a joke. I I do a lot because I one know. of one of uh, one of Martin Luther, the father of Protestantism. Wow, I cannot talk. Um, one of the basics that he really emphasized was call a thing what it is, like name the reality that is happening in front of you. And, um, you know, aside from the many horrible things he did, which that one saying does not make up for, it's true that there is a there is an absence of just plainly stating what is going on. And yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's the whole thing that's going on. Those are the two big stories of the week. And um, they're both kind of interesting. One of them is very bad. One of them is, I actually find a lot of the CM Punk brand split stuff hopeful. Because I think that the best the best solution for the brawl out situation isn't renaming all out to all in. That's that's a bad idea, Tony. All out is a much better name for a pay per view. Um, I don't think that's the best solution. I think that trying to get everyone on the same page and trying to make sure everyone's voices are heard, and that if Punk is willing to do the apologizing and willing to do it, so do so in a way that seems genuine then yeah let's get AEW back on track and i'm not i'm not saying that just because i'm an AEW mark i'm saying that because um there's there's problems with AEW we're going to get to those a little bit later they're not big problems cuz it's still the best wrestling show on tv and it's not even close right now thanks vince you fucking asshole <sighs> let's get into some more fun news and some more interesting news and some better news 
Let's start with Joey Janela is a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. Let's get into some better and more fun news. That news is Joey, Joey Janela is a piece, a piece of, of shit. <laughs> Joey Janela wants to bring back the kennel from hell match because he uh, says fuck Peter. Well, yeah. he says F everyone with any shred of common sense. Like, yeah, the unforget the 1999 Unforgiven uh, Kennel from Hell match with Al Snow versus the Big Boss Man in in a Hell in the Cell with with trained police dogs around it was one of the worst matches in history, and it was so bad for those dogs who did not know how to react to thousands of people loudly cheering, uh, literal dog shit on the floor. Because when dogs are nervous, they poop. Um, it was just a miserable, bad match. Not to mention, you don't want to introduce live animals into a wrestling match. Scott Steiner taking a tiger to the ring in WCW. Ugh. This this okay. This is this is an incredibly stupid match, and Janela was asked to pick in an interview with Fightful uh, a match type that he would bring back if he got the chance, and he said Kennel from Hell. Really? Kennel from Hell? Yeah, fuck PETA. Just like... There are so many better potential matches that you could bring back. This is not one of them. This was not a good match. This was not a fun match. This was a terrible match that was just it was just awful. It was and it shouldn't come back. And seriously, Joey Janela, I'm glad your AEW contract didn't get renewed. I'm not glad you lost your job. But wow. There's outshow, there, there, there's outlaw mud wrestling, and then there's outlaw mud wrestling. I hate to use Jim Cornette term, but wow, Joey Janela is just. Uh, I love I love some of the stuff he puts on, but seriously, Joey, get your head out of your ass. What were your thoughts when I sent this to you on 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 Monday and said we have to do a show because we have to call Joey Janela what he is? <laughs> Monday, I. I was so horrified. I was just like, there's no way this is real. And also, who would do this? Like, who would actually put this on? Like, well, there's I, just, I mean. The answer to that got, is Vince McMahon. Well, right. I mean, a lot, that's partially rhetorical. But, you know, it just. It's so stupid and ridiculous and just I almost I like I almost can't even comment on it. It's just so incredibly stupid. Like and I don't like saying things are stupid, but this is stupid. Like this is real mm-hmm. like Yeah. yeah. Um you know, and I just also like animals should not, aside from human animals who choose, who consent to wrestle, 
animals should not be involved in most entertainment, in my opinion, and mm -hmm. especially in entertainment that involves yelling and fighting and aggression and, oh my gosh, like, please, just animals and children, not because they're difficult to work with and there's that whole thing, they just, they should not be exploited for entertainment purposes. And I, I just think if you can't, if you don't have the ability to really understand what is going on and what's happening, you don't have the ability to consent to it and you should not be involved in it. Yep. So I'm both like horrified by the like offensive abusiveness of it. And also just by the pure stupidity and yeah. <laughs> and because there's not enough Joy Janela news for this week oh, no. A few years ago A few years ago in 2019 At a Blink-182 concert Which already tells you just how much, how much A douchebag these two people are They went to a Blink-182 concert in 2019 <laughs> Enzo Amore And Joy Janela got into A fight Oh you're kidding me <laughs> at, in I'm, 2019 I mean, at a Blink 182 concert. I mean, I know I've I know we have notes for this, but I just it's just so different when you actually hear someone say this stuff. Yep. Like I promise you, listeners, like we prepare and writes great notes, but then when you like it's so different when you read something versus when someone says it out loud. Okay, yep. go ahead. I'm sorry. So at a at a at a at an NFL draft party for the New York Giants, Joy Janela and Enzo Amore met and apparently squashed their beef. So we have another beef squashing. And it was it was orchestrated by Big Bill, formerly W Morrissey, formerly Big Cass in WWE, who used to be Enzo's tag team partner, who basically got uh, Joey and Enzo together to shake hands, pose for a picture, and squash their stupid beef, which was a stupid beef, because what do we want to do? See two people who can't fucking fight, fight? If you're curious about more of that, type into YouTube Simon Gotch and shoot, and see what he has to say about working with Enzo Amore in the ring. Oh, yeah. Those are some great interviews. I've never... I, one one of the most frustrating periods of of uh, modern WWE history was uh, Pac, uh, formerly Neville in WWE, his reign of terror with the Cruiserweight Championship where he just could not be beaten, was ended by Enzo Amore and led to the absolute desecration of the Cruiserweight division, the Super Juniors division. Because Enzo Amore holding a singles title is possibly the second most offensive thing in wrestling that isn't named Vince McMahon. <laughs> Just yeah, it's it, it's awful. Um, but yeah, uh, this was this was news. It was all over Twitter. It's gotten a whole bunch of likes and replies and blah blah blah. blah. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> seriously we i put this in there to laugh at because we put the first joe janela story in there because it needs to be talked about what a bad idea trying to redo the kennel from hell match is just how bad of a match that was to watch for to to even exist and how how bad that match was for the dogs who were used in that match 
it was not a good match for them. They did not have fun. They did not have a good time. They were terrified. It was awful. There's no reason to put animals through that cruelty when they don't know what's going on. There's no reason to put animals through cruelty at all. And this is just unnecessary cruelty. So, yep. All right. Let's talk about something more positive. Emily, you brought this to my attention, and I threw it in the notes because this is pretty awesome. Yeah. So um, I saw that today. Um, I actually saw this on Reddit because I have not been uh, – you know, using Twitter for probably almost a year at this point. Um, but um, Nikki Cross uh, posted on her Twitter today about kind of her journey with um, her mental health and specifically, uh, you know, she she posted this picture of herself you know looking gorgeous and saying like you know yes i looked good in this photo but i was miserable um you know i she she said i had a terrible relationship with food i had a terrible relationship with myself i hated myself going to therapy was the best decision i ever made i look at recent photos now and i look more happy because i am I didn't tell people I went to therapy because I didn't want to look mentally soft or weak. That is, my God, that is absolutely the wrong mindset. Asking for help is strong. Taking the time to take care of yourself is strong. Um, there's also more important things to life than others' perceptions of you. And, yeah, I just thought that this was... a well-stated, you know, powerful post. It has to catch people's eye because of the photo she includes in it and then the story she tells um, about how she was really feeling at the time. And, you know, the interesting thing is that even in, even in like, um, you know, people discussing this online, there are people who have said like, oh, well, you know, getting help or feeling better about myself would never work. It's not going to happen. Um, but, you know, it, it can happen. And it does. It does take work and effort. Um, and you can be someone like Nikki Cross who is, you know, successful and um, still have stuff about yourself that you're not satisfied with that's hard to accept or whatever it might be so it was just a nice a nice thing for a nice reminder that um definitely has people talking and hopefully leads some people to make some changes and hopefully also start feeling better about themselves so mm-hmm and it's it's pretty great the number of wrestlers here who are applying to this. Diana Perrazzo, uh, our friends over at the West Wrestling Winos podcast, not really our friends, Veda Scott, um, and uh, I'm looking for some other people who've been replying to this. Just lo- Alice in Danger, lots of really really great people. Taylor Wild, um, just really kind of like being on top of this. Um, 
And it's really a good thing to remember because there's this real problem that we have with um, the way in which we view women's bodies in the public sphere. I know for most of our fans, we're not about to say anything new to you, but for some of the people out there who might listen to podcasts by, oh, I don't know, let's just run down the list of sexist people who've said sexist things on podcasts, Jim Cornette, uh, Brad Shepard, Vince Russo, um, even Dave Meltzer commenting on uh, the iconic spotties in WWE in a way that he didn't intend to be offensive, but was super fucking offensive. Um, <clears throat> stop talking about women's bodies. Yeah. Seriously, stop, stop criticizing and critiquing how women look in a way that you don't do with men. Because you do not hold men's bodies to the same extreme high standards that you hold women's bodies to. And, you know, we'll sit here and praise everyone for looking good because everyone does look good. And this is a super body positive podcast, but also understand that not everyone who goes through this is in love with their body. And Cross is talking about how hard this photo was to do, even though the photographer who was doing great work with her did everything she could to make Cross feel comfortable. And the fact that women, wrestlers have to still basically be photogenic mm-hmm. which is why which is why you should go back to the episode where where Emily did the uh thing on Abaddon I forget which episode that was I'm not going to look it up either so just go back and listen to all of our episodes again they're all great um, <laughs> was so important because Abaddon is rejecting all of that and doing a character that is complete body horror in mm-hmm. a way in a way that even other women who've who've played with body horror are not willing to do and it's and it's great and it's also great if someone wants to really you know work on making themselves as sexy as as they can be you know that's why we did that whole segment on Mandy Rose last year who absolutely should not have been fired from WWE because she was making seriously if your top champion on a brand is making more money doing uh lewds of herself on an only fan site you have a problem wrestling mm-hmm. and this this just continues to underscore the importance of mental health and the importance of stop telling women how they need to look and then maybe once we start dealing with that we can start dealing with the other issues with with body as it's related because there's a lot of issues with with body in wrestling in the way in which someone can't be taken seriously if they're not a certain size if they're not a certain type if they're not a certain hair color and your your employer is a 77 year old sexist racist piece of shit who only likes to push blondes mm-hmm. as a blonde I'm offended <laughs> <sighs> This is a great post, Nikki. Um, you're one of our favorite wrestlers. We hope that you can start having a better career, but it looks like you're back to not getting any TV time because of the other things that we have to talk about. Wow, are the women in WWE unhappy with the creative changes? So, Emily, did you know that the night after WrestleMania this year, it was advertised there were going to be two three-way matches 
leading to a one-on-one match to determine the next champion, uh, next challenger for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's title. Would it shock you to learn that both those matches were canceled by Vince McMahon? Uh. And this mm-hmm. week there was there was supposed to be a match between two of the best wrestlers on the planet, regardless of gender, um, Candice LeRae versus Piper Niven. How much would you pay for ten minutes of Candice LeRae versus Piper Niven on free TV? Because that sounds like an absolute banger of a TV match. I want that on my TV. Did we get that on our TV? No. <laughs> No, because Vince is still mad that, that Triple H changed uh, Pi- uh, uh, Piper Niven's name back to Piper Niven instead of keeping it Dewdrop. Because that was a good name change, Vince, you dumb piece of shit. <laughs> so we've had we've had series of good women's matches written into the shows over the last several weeks that have been written out by Vince McMahon being back and putting his fingers in creative um so oh just the imagery yep sorry about the imagery (laughs) and it's it is it is kind of kind of awful to just to just look at this but we need to we need to keep on saying this at this point there is no good reason to watch wwe tv there was a good reason from the time Vince was gone until WrestleMania, but since the Raw after WrestleMania, um, if you're a wrestling fan and you're still watching Raw and SmackDown, stop it. Stop it. I am not even watching the fucking clips on YouTube anymore. I just can't. I, I, I'm just... This is, not, this is not worth it. it. It sucks so much because a lot of my favorite wrestlers and a lot of people that I like to watch wrestle are on... WWE's payroll. Seth Rollins and The Miz had an absolute banger of a match last Monday. I'm not going and looking at it. Despite the fact that giving The Miz the chance to show that he can actually have a banger is absolutely essential because he's a completely underrated wrestler. But this is just... This is, this is getting to be too much. This is getting to be too much and too predictable. And... Yeah. You have a roster with some of the best women's talent on the planet on it. You have Charlotte. You have Asuka. You have Bianca Belair. You have Becky Lynch. You have Piper Niven. You have Candice LeRae. You have Mia Yim. Do I need to keep listing? You have fucking Tegan Knox, who was originally slated to, to win one of the... um. Uh, May Young Classics, who is just an absolutely amazing professional wrestler. Um, and you're just not giving any of them any airtime. You have Io Shirai. You just, I give up. I, I, got, I got nothing. I got nothing for this. Um, I was originally going to write a show tonight where we pitched a strike, and we might do that still. But at this point, I think WWE wrestlers should just walk out. There was, a fake, there was a fake strike back in 2011 that was part of a storyline against Triple H. They should actually walk out. They should actually just walk out right now. Yeah. Um, they're not going to. But 
this is one of the problems with the industry that we live in or the world that we live in is that is that people don't organize and uh Zelina Vega was trying to get a wrestlers union started and then got brought back into WWE being told she could keep her Twitch channel um but it it's really past time for there to be a wrestlers union it's really past time for the independent contractor status to be gone it's really past time for uh for wrestlers to be treated fairly and it's really past time for vince mcmahon to get his fingers the fuck out of the wrestling business because he just needs to Mm -hmm. go um and we had those wonderful months where he was gone and wrestling was really good and i'm really sad about it all right let's go to awesome stuff because that's all we're doing for the rest of this show emily did you click on the link that i sent you for the two groups for for the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Juniors lineup. Do you want the truth? <laughs> you haven't had a chance to click on it. So this is now going to be live. I did not. I missed it. I was so caught up in the Enzo Amore bullshit. <laughs> click on click on this. Okay, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. This this card, this this group this is the 30th <gasps> year of yes. the best juniors and this fucking i mean just a block alone b block is pretty good but mm-hmm. give me kushida versus leo rush give me kushida versus uh mike bailey give me mike bailey versus tjp give oh me mike i want to see hiromu i want to see hiromu takahashi just like destroy everyone i do too i also want to see uh show versus versus uh mike bailey I want to see uh, on the other on the other end. I'm really looking forward to a lot of Clark, Clark Connors and El Desperado, uh, Bushi. This this fucking card. This fucking th- these fucking groups for 30th anniversary of the best of the Super Juniors. Oh my fucking god! This is the best card. Ah, uh, uh. yeah, this looks really good. Oh my god. I- it's it's such a good fucking card. And like this got me thinking about the best of the super juniors when I was researching this. I went back looking for looking for because I know Eddie Guerrero was in Best of the Super Juniors. So was Chris Benoit. So was Chavo Guerrero. You know who's never been in Best of the Super Juniors that I could find? Who absolutely should have been in the Best of the Super Juniors at some point? Who? Rey Mysterio was never in Best of the Super Juniors. Oh, wow. Yeah. I couldn't find him in any of the past 29 Best of the Super Juniors. So I'm like, that doesn't seem right. So if I'm wrong about this, listeners, please let us know. Because I would like to seek out Rey Mysterio's Best of the Super Juniors uh, list. Because uh, it, it, it goes without saying that Rey Mysterio is the greatest luchador of all time and that he's probably the greatest cruiserweight wrestler of all time. Uh, and it would be just a fantastic thing to see those matches. But if you are not a fan of New Japan, uh, you really should watch three things from New Japan every single year. That is Wrestle Kingdom, the G1 Climax, and Best of Super Juniors because it's so fucking good every single year those things i mean mean, new japan um is probably the most consistent wrestling promotion over the last decade yeah uh aw is right up there with it ring of honor is right up there with it 
Uh, I would like to say other companies are, but Impact and WWE have had too much bullshit. But yeah, New Japan, Stardom, Ring of Honor, uh, just just constantly great shit, constantly great shit. So there's just there's just so much good wrestling out there. So I just wanted to sit here and gush for a few minutes about the matchups that we're going to get in Best of the Super Juniors, which is a round robin tournament followed by uh, the two people who come out of their blocks fighting for the cha- for the for the title. Um, it it's such a good thing, and it it depresses me just how much WWE had Kushida in NXT and completely wasted him for so fucking long. Uh, and some of it he was injured for, but just having him back in New Japan, having him in a Best of the Super Juniors tournament is just so so great. It is just it just makes me happy, and I think that this is just going to be fantastic and i think that if if you if you just watch this the best super juniors takes place over 12 shows beginning in may 13th in tokyo's kurikan hall it will conclude uh, with a card from oda city general gymnasium on sunday may 28th so it's two weeks it's awesome fucking wrestling you absolutely need to watch this you absolutely need to seek these matches out there are so many good matches that you that you're going to have in this um, and you will not have a boring time with this with this lineup. Oh, and the awesome continues. Emily, check in with the WWA, please. <laughs> yeah. So um, when when this started, I did. I can't tell you what episode this was, but I did. Uh, a really short feature on this um women's wrestling army is uh kind of cross promotional highlight matches it kind of its own promo it's 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 a lot of really cool things um from maria canales bennett and you know when we did uh the spotlight on it, it was right after it started and it only had a couple hundred subscribers on youtube it only had probably about half a dozen to a dozen videos at that point so now here we are i think um you know probably almost a year later and they have over 3000 subscribers they have 145 videos uh, tons of wonderful free matches that you can watch on YouTube. And the thing that I, the reason why I brought it up um, on the show tonight is that they have a behind the scenes documentary that is going to be premiering on May 1st on their channel. And it was shot at uh, the um, venue in Berwyn where a lot of uh, Shimmer. Uh, women's wrestling um, is recorded and you know it, I'm just excited to see what this documentary is going to be um, I've got my notification on on YouTube so I can watch it when it comes on um, but you know since we last uh, discussed it like right after it premiered so much has happened on their channel in terms of you know like matches that you can watch tons of full matches and also it's just amazing to see how many views uh they're getting you know that they're getting um 
over 10,000 views on some of their videos. Um, and, you know, I I'm excited for them. And I'm excited to see what could happen with Women's Wrestling Army. I'm excited for this documentary and just looking forward to seeing, you know, where this goes. So, yeah, I just wanted to give a little update um, and wish everybody there uh, all the best and excited to see where it goes. Yep, and I would definitely say um, if you just want to watch one match to check it out, this is a free match, and this is a match that you should pay money for. Taya Valkyrie versus Tasha Steeles. It's a good fucking match. Taya Valkyrie is amazing. Tasha Steeles is amazing. This is this is a match you should go watch. Check out Women's Wrestling Army. Subscribe to them on uh, YouTube. We're both subscribed. This is a great promotion. And it is really a very grassroots promotion. They're 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 building this from the ground up, and yeah, this is this is just great. In fact, I'm looking at the Taya Valkyrie versus versus Tasha Steeles match, and the very first comment is, "Can't have too many women only wrestling organizations. It's the only wrestling I watch." Thank you, Jeff Foreman. Thank you for putting that comment there. That's a very <laughs> nice comment. You just got shouted out on the podcast, Jeff Foreman. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely, you know, look up Women's Wrestling Army on YouTube. Some other good full matches that you could watch um, recently. Queen Amanada and Kylan King had a great match on there. Um, you can see um, Maxi Impaler, a non-binary mask uh, wrestler uh, fighting in different matches on there. And... Um, you know, just lots, lots of cool, cool stuff. So, mm -hmm. a lot of really fantastic wrestlers who are just coming into this this company. Most of them are on uh, other companies' payrolls, and they're just coming into this to do matches. Uh, it's pretty great. It's pretty. It's pretty fantastic. And I wish there was more of this um, that we were giving time to instead of talking about the biggest wrestling company in the world being full, full of sexist and racist writers. Sorry, we do that, but you know, <laughs> um, yes, you know, but I do I've, plan, I do plan to continue to like lift up a lot of these great promotions that you can watch for free on YouTube. So, um, there's so much good wrestling out there. Ah, so good. Okay, so yeah, and you can actually watch all of what they've got on YouTube in a relatively short period of time. I mean, just just pull up the playlist and just go for it. Because there's just there's like 49 full matches on YouTube. There's the, the documentary coming out, there's a couple of full episodes on YouTube. This is this is great stuff. This is potentially, you know, what wrestling should be if we are getting this kind of return to the territory days. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which has all the potential to be awesome. And I just want to click on their about page really quickly because you should be able to, yep, they have a link to their website where you can uh, subscribe to their website for um, uh, eight bucks a month and give them some money so they can do more stuff. So don't give us any money. We'll, we've got enough bubble gum. We're, we're good. <laughs> we're good. All right. Um, 
let's talk about the best wrestling TV of the week. Because AEW Dynamite was, again, a pretty fucking good show. With the same caveat as we pretty much always have to give. And we'll get to that in a moment. But AEW Dynamite, for the last little bit, has been almost always starting with uh, Orange Cassidy coming out to defend the uh, international championship against someone, against anyone. And the match is always great because despite what <clears throat> some people think, um, Orange Cassidy is a great fucking wrestler and is someone that you should be going out of your way to see his matches because he doesn't just do the silly shit. He ends up doing the serious shit. And even though this wasn't the best match, Cassidy versus Bandito was a good match. And it ended with a mutual respect thing that led to a run-in later. We'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah, you really should go and watch this match. There's some there's some uh, real great strength displays from um, from Bandito, who's just an amazing wrestler uh, as it is. Cassidy does his usual stick, but also then turns it up to his usual eleven and just does a fantastic, fantastic match. Um, if there is a title that needs to not change hands anytime soon, it is the AEW International Championship. Because this has been what I wanted the TNT title to be. I wanted the TNT title to be a workhorse title that was defended every single week. Mm. And instead it just kind of turned into... I don't even know what the TNT title is right now. I really, I'm, I'm really upset with it. But Orange Cassidy and the International Championship, formerly the All-Atlantic Championship, he's had like 20 title defenses. Every single one of them is great. And at this point, it's it's starting to turn into a question: Can anyone outlast Orange Cassidy in the ring? Because he's just doing fantastic work. Oh my god, this match was good. Um, Emily, did you know Dax Harwood really likes old old wrestlers? <laughs> I bet what you didn't know surpri- that about Dax. Yeah, Harwood. what a surprise! I really wow. Because in the continuation of this episode <laughs> of AEW Dynamite being awesome, Dax Harwood came out and and made Jeff Jarrett look like Jeff Jarrett from 30 years ago. Now, to be fair to Jeff Jarrett, he has stayed in tremendous shape. He's worked really hard to still be very good in the ring, and he is still very good in the ring. He's not as great as he used to be, because age catches up with everyone, but this match between Harwood and Jeff Jarrett was a pretty great match that deserved a little bit more recognition than what than what it got because yeah, Dax Harwood like really made Jeff Jarrett look great, and it just is kind of what it is. And it's also an Aubrey Edwards match, and I've talked on this show multiple times about how much I like the referees in AEW, how much they are a part of the story and not just set dressing. And it, it is, it is in a lot of ways, the Aubrey Edwards, um, uh, Bryce Ramsberg, Paul Turner show, but the entire refereeing crew in AEW is so dynamic and so good and so good at, at, at getting you to buy into the, to, to the real sports presentation that AEW is. Because, of course, it is real sport, right? It's, it's completely real sport. I didn't mean to imply otherwise. I know Emily can hear me. Um, there's, <laughs> there's nothing fake about wrestling. It's boxing is fake. Futurama <laughs> joke, people. Um, and 
Darby versus uh, uh, Sammy Guevara. I'm just the, the <laughs> even with the bullshit interference from MJF and doing the Eddie Guerrero chair spot with Darby's skateboard, which got uh, Sammy the win. This match was really darn good and a lot of fun. <clears throat> and the and, and next week we're getting Sammy and MJF versus Darby and Jungle Boy. If Darby and Jungle Boy win, then we get a four pillars four way match for the AEW title at Double or Nothing, which we know we're going to get. We know we're getting that. So you know, pencil it in. Darby and 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 um, Jungle Boy win next week. And then we get to spend a month building to this four-way match, which uh, there's no way this match is anything lower than four stars. Um, Sammy and and Darby just went all the fuck out. And they weren't even in the main event. They weren't even in the main event. They were sandwiched between uh, uh, Adam Cole and Chris Jericho and Wardlow squashing a local talent, which, again, I feel so bad for Powerhouse Hobbs because Wardlow just got Arn Anderson and then got the belt back, and that's whatever. I give up. I give up on 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 some of the Haas stuff in AEW because it needs to be better. And Hobbs, unless he's injured or something, I don't think he is. Should not have dropped the belt that soon. Whatever. Um, the show ended with the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. Uh, which is just not actually the match that happened. What it was was Omega and Takeshita versus Butcher and Blade. Great match, fun match, really good showcase for Takeshita, really good showcase for Omega. And then after Takeshita pins uh, the Blade, Danielson, who was on commentary the entire time, being such an awesome cocky heel, it's the best version of Brian Danielson, back again for another year <laughs> walks out and says what i see is one pro wrestler who's got who got the pin and an amateur who didn't calling Kenny <laughs> omega an amateur oh <laughs> uh, yeah we're gonna get a fantastic um uh, match between the bcc and the elite plus whomever they end up adding to it whether it's adam page or whether it's Takeshita, it's gonna be great um and we got another attack <coughs> with um, so many things in here that happened great. Um, Danielson manipulated Takeshita and get into getting between uh, Omega and uh, Moxley. And that stopped Omega from attacking John Moxley with a screwdriver. And they beat down the elite. And they tried to recruit Takeshita. And Takeshita said no. And so they took they took the screwdriver to to Takeshita because Blackpool Combat Club was spilling blood that night. Um, this story is just fantastic. It's a hundred percent great. Uh, this was not the best chapter of the story. It's just you know watch all of it. There was a single women's match on here. It was Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie, and um, I love Jade. I really love Taya Valkyrie. But this whole she can't use my finisher because it's the same finisher I use is a dumb storyline. It is not a reason for a feud. And saying Taya Valkyrie can't use the finisher 
in a match that she made famous that Jade Cargill is using is dumb. And this was a this was a nothing. This was a whole nothing. And it's unfortunate because Jade is amazing and Taya is amazing. And this gets to my whole problem with how Jade Cardgill has been booked. And I think that they're still protecting her. But I want to see Jade Cargill do a 10-minute match. And we haven't seen that yet. And it's unfortunate. It's it's tainting her undefeated streak. It's tainting her championship. Give her the time to do the kind of match she should be able to do at this point in time. But you didn't do that. And this was mediocre. So, Emily, why is the best women's feud Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho? <laughs> what? Uh, I, I'm serious. There was more character work by Britt Baker and the Outcast in Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole last week than there was in all of Dynamite this week. I'm getting a little tired of this, Tony. The bubblegum is not enough to keep us silent. You have one of the most talented women's rosters on the planet. You have an amazing secondary champion who is who is who was a rookie of the year, who is who is a million dollar blue chip uh, athlete, who's just a fantastic, fantastic person for your division. You have an organic babyface champion in Jamie Hader that is not being featured every single week. You have a slew of ex-WWE women's wrestlers who are some of the most talented wrestlers on the planet who are not being utilized. The women are getting 15 minutes a show on Dynamite and about that same amount of time on Rampage each week. And quite frankly, it's embarrassing. So for as good as this episode was, it is annoying that still the best women's feud that got showcased on Dynamite was Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho because it involves Britt Baker. Mm. That is embarrassing. That is really embarrassing, Tony. And I would like you to do more with the women's division. And we care, we're going to keep saying this because it means nothing if we come in here, come on the show and we trash WWE if we don't hold AEW to the higher standard that we want WWE to live up to, too. Do better with women's wrestling, Tony. On that note, let's actually talk about Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole because we got a shock debut on AEW. No one knew this was happening. It was on none of the dirt sheets. Everyone thought he was still with WWE, but Roderick Strong showed up on AEW. Who is the fourth member of the Undisputed Era, Emily? <laughs> I'm Who is Who is the Messiah of the Backbreaker, Emily? <laughs> What what do you think? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> so apparently, apparently Roderick Strong's contract either expired finally, or he was finally released quietly from his WWE contract. And since he was mm. in NXT, it was a thirty day non compete. He was going to coach out the remainder of his contract, but apparently they're just like, you know what? If you don't want to be here, and we've got nothing for you, let's let you go. And Roderick Strong is now on AEW. So 
Yeah. That's a, it's, it's just interesting how this happened because it's like, is someone not paying attention at WWE or? No, I think he, I think he was granted his release and they just asked him to keep it quiet. Okay. So that that's as near as I can tell. So here is what Fightful actually had to say. Um, Strong re-signed with WWE in 2021. The company was set to make him the focal point of the revamped uh, cruiserweight division in which they had big plans to enhance. However, when Triple H fell out of power with the brand, those plans were changed significantly. Much of the same happened with the Diamond Mine stable that he headed up. Originally, it was, it was set to include Arturo Rouse and Strong's wife, Marina Shafir, but both were released by the company instead. The team uh, changed significantly with Stokely Hathaway, Hideki Suzuki, and Tyler Rust all being released. In 2022, Strong asked for his WWE release, which they were told was initially rejected. However, those that we spoke to in WWE said they had uh, they believed his deal was to run through until the end of next year, though it's hard though that's hardly confirmed. Recently, 2K was told to exclude Roderick Strong from the game. Uh, uh, WWE talent that we spoke to had not been given an update by WWE about his status or lack thereof with the company. And we'd simply been told that he's not been a part of the WWE Performance Center for quite some time. About the only update we had from those uh, those close to him of late was that he was doing well physically and cleared to wrestle. So apparently, apparently someone is doing something right. Instead of a wrestler's release being publicly announced, they are quietly granted their release. Everyone is very quiet, and then we get a genuine, awesome surprise. And if that is what is happening, I'm going to credit one person and one person only for it, and that is William Regal. Oh. Because William Regal is back working with creative and working in NXT and doing training in WWE. He's not going to be an on-screen character at any point in time. He does not want to be an on-screen character anymore. which is one of the reasons why it seemed like he wanted to leave AEW in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I think that William Regal had something to do with this and helping Strong get out. I don't have any evidence for it. I don't have any proof of it. I'm simply reading what Fightful uh, posted on Fightful Select uh, two days ago after this happened. Um, No one knew it was happening. It was not leaked to anyone. It was not. It, they they kept a tight ship on both ends, both on the release end, and both here, which gives me the hope. Again, this is more false hope that Anna's just Anna's huffing the hopium, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, hope that people are going to start doing business right, because this shock turn up was just great. It was it was fantastic. It was wonderful. But again. For as good as some of this stuff was, uh, Strong's debut, uh, Darby versus Sammy, um, Dax versus Jarrett, and Cassie versus Bandito, and the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club stuff, there's so much missing. Jay White seems like a complete afterthought Mm. on AEW, which is a fucking crime. Yeah. The tag division seems like a complete afterthought on AEW right now, which is, again, a fucking crime. And the women's division isn't getting 30 minutes a week, which is, again, a fucking crime. I'm not saying you have to have, you know, 
a three-hour show on Monday night because we don't need more of that. But maybe you need to figure out how to book your book your stuff better, and maybe this brand brand split is going to help help and and be better in every regard for uh, AEW because there's just a lot that that that's good here and a lot that needs to be better on AEW. So, yeah, well said. Yep. It's still it's still the best wrestling TV show on American TV, but you know, it could be better. All right. So, you want to talk about what we have planned for next week? Well, Anne, what do we have planned for next week? Well, the same thing we have planned for every week to take over the world. <laughs> the wrestling world. <laughs> Gee, brain, I don't know. You, <laughs> So, yeah, we're 90s kids. Um, it's coming back. What's coming back, Anne? Tell the people. Give the people what they want. What you want is you want crazy booking ideas from me and Emily. Dun, dun, dun. So here's what's going on. And we're, we're going to decide this over the course of the week. But Emily and I are each going to book a cross-promotional feud in the awesome wrestling universe. We're going to book a real cross-promotional feud, uh, each of us. We might book a men's feud, a women's feud, and a tag feud. We might just book one feud each. We haven't decided how it's going to be done. But I think it's time to have some fucking fantasy booking. And fantasy booking is one of my favorite things. It's one of the things that got me into the internet wrestling community. Uh, Adam Blampied's, um fantasy booking uh, how he would book, how he would rebook certain things uh, from the past, uh, which he, which he started doing in What Culture, and he now does on Wrestle Talk and Parts of Unknown. He just today released his fantasy booking for Brock Lesnar's retirement. It was awesome. I'm not going to spoil it because it popped me, and so you should all go to Parts of Unknown, subscribe, and watch uh, Adam Blompied uh, book Brock Lesnar's retirement match because it's the right booking. Um, he's also the one who suggested that Cody Rhodes become the one to uh, dethrone uh, MJF after his reign of terror on a one-night contract to just come back and take the belt away from MJF and then leave. Mm. Um, he's done a lot of really... He, he, he did a, a... One of my favorite bookings was him booking John Cena's heel turn uh, in which he does kind of a, an amazing... Uh, rap about John Cena's career, which is hilarious. It popped. It popped Dia. That's how good it was. Uh, <laughs> so, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta work hard to pop Dia with something that isn't uh, Dan Housen or Orange Cassidy. So or Dalton Castle. Um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do some booking in the awesome wrestling universe again. This is the this is the perfect idealized. This is the platonic ideal of professional wrestling where there's no bad blood between companies and everyone works together to give the fans what they want, which is dream matches. Cuz we all deserve dream matches. And the wrestlers want dream matches. They'd like yeah. to work with everyone. Right. So we're we're going to do that, but we're also going to either next week or the week after, we're still working out the details of it. We're going to get one of our non-wrestling fans who's shown some re- non-wrestling friends who's shown, shown some interest in professional wrestling because we've shown her some things. We're going to try and get my co-host on Becoming Army on Anime Sweater and on Q for Fun 
So for Shea to watch some wrestling matches with her, this is what we currently have planned. We're going to show her one of the two takeover matches between Bailey and Sasha Banks. I can't decide if it's Brooklyn or Respect. Emily, just out of out of curiosity, do you have a preference between those two two matches? The Brooklyn match where Bailey wins the title, or the Iron Woman women match at Respect, where Sasha Banks pulls the best heel move of all of all time? Uh the second one. Yeah, I kinda thought. <laughs> Probably stole that from you, by the way. Uh ripping off Izzy's headband and wearing it in, and wearing it in the in the ring and throwing it back uh, at her. It's got she's gotta watch that one, right? I mean I, it's it's gotta be that one. The brutality of Bailey being thrown into the although no, you're right, because the the last fall is Bailey choking Banks out and stomping on her foot to keep her from breaking from a rope break. I mean, I just think like if you if you think of like Something that's a a synthesis of of the best of wrestling, Mm -hmm. and I just think that matches it. I really do. I would say the take the takeover Brooklyn match is a better psychological match because it's really about Bailey being able to finally win the big one, and the, the the promo package they built up for it. But I think I enjoy, I enjoy. The respect Iron Woman match more, even though I think the Brooklyn match is the better psychological match. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely agree with that. I think that the the respect match is like to me like just the best of all that wrestling can be, and so that's why I would show that to someone who's not familiar with wrestling. The second match we're going to show to her is from Forbidden Door last year because I've already introduced Soph to um, Orange Cassidy. It's Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. (laughs) Which is both a comedy match and a serious as fuck heart attack match. Oh my god, I love that match so much. I wanted to show her I wanted to show her um, God, I'm blanking on the match. Um, I gotta look it up one second. Why? Why am I blanking this? Orange. Shibata, the Shibata match. Why could I not remember Shibata? Mm. That dynamite match of Orange Cassidy versus Shibata. There's only there's only seven there's only eight minutes of it on YouTube. Um, it's worth watching. But yeah, uh. The Shibata match is so good. Shibata is so good. And the fact that Shibata came back and he's like got a limited number of matches that he can that he can wrestle. And one of the matches he wanted to wrestle was Orange Cassidy. Awesome. Just awesome. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Yeah. You must, you must, you must. Uh Oh my god, I just I just realized Britt Baker once survived the kicks of doom from Orange Cassidy. <laughs> she is really the fourth pillar. Um yeah. So yeah, th- those those are the two matches that we're that we're gonna show her, and then we need to show her a short match. 
we need to show her a short match. And what I was thinking, and I wanted to get your uh, your thoughts on this, I was thinking the best squash match of all time, which is Kurt Angle versus Roderick Strong. Have you seen yeah. this match? No, I haven't. But I okay, mean, so, go, so like, be a first for you. Wait, are we showing her any women's matches? Yeah, we're showing her uh, Banks. Oh, right, Billy. the first. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I I was also oh thinking. Oh my that, gosh! Just I was also me. thinking that we should that we should show her a tag team match because is there a better tag team match in the modern era than um, FTR versus DIY at Takeover Toronto? Um, I don't think there is. I. I would show her Bucks versus Lucha Brothers cage match with. <laughs> I, no, I can see the argument for that one. I would the, actually go with I would actually go with Bucks versus FTR one. Well, I would throw FTR in here for sure somewhere, but like, We're I just, just I I feel like she needs the whole gamut of. Mm-hmm. She I feel like. You gotta have a cage match. You gotta have some blood mm-hmm. that's like extreme in a way. Well, so, I yeah. was I was thinking Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa on St. Patrick's Day Slam. Oh and yeah. That's well that yeah, that oh my gosh. How how many how many hours do we have to to do this? Can it's we gonna get depend it? on her time. It's gonna be the the Bailey Sasha Banks was a no brainer. The Orange Cassidy Will Ospreay is a no banger because she already knows who Orange yeah. Cassidy is. So maybe we'll just do those two matches and see how she reacts to it. Okay, and then maybe pull mm-hmm. out Bucks versus Lucha Brothers would be my vote. Maybe, but we're gonna actually sit down with her and find <laughs> maybe. a time. It depends on how long this whole thing takes. I know, I know. Because we right. have we have picked we have picked some pretty long matches. That's why I wanted to throw a short match in there. Um, yeah. But the plan is because the best way to get introduced to wrestling is to watch wrestling with friends. So we got to find a time for the three of us to sit down uh, to watch all these matches together and to really just have a good time drinking wine and watching matches like the Mark bitches that we are. That's us. I'd, I just threw up the UE sign at you. Because, <laughs> you know, that's undisputed. <laughs> I miss NXT. I know it still exists, but I miss NXT from 2015 to 2019. It was the best. It was just the best. It's sad. I was also thinking that if we were going to show her a short squash match, show her an Asuka match from early NXT. Mm, yeah also a possibility because i think on that same card oscar beats the shit out of either dana brooke or emma which is mm, a great match yeah it's just, it's just a great oscar is going to kill you um oscar's gonna kill you because <laughs> she is yep yep Yep, Connor's yep, yep. gonna kill you. Connor's gonna kill you. All right, Emily, I think that does it for us. We went uh, almost an hour and 45 minutes. Wow. Dun, we could really dun. do this forever. 
let's just do a let's just do a stream of just us talking about wrestling forever. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like a Twitch, like a Twitch marathon stream where we yep. just we're like simul we're like live casting on Twitch, but also recording. <laughs> you know what though? Like I have there are podcasts I listen to. I've listened to some three to four hour long podcasts. I'm just gonna admit it. So. My favorite podcasts are all the super long Anime World Order podcasts. I mean, there's one there's one episode, I think it's Anime World Order 75, where um, their review of Riding Bean is longer than the 45-minute running time of Riding Bean. Wow. And I don't don't care. It's so it's too good. <laughs> I I just like a very like off topic shout out i listened mm-hmm. to a really great podcast called theories of everything with kurt jai mungle who's a physicist mm-hmm. and he does he brings in other physicists he brings in like uh different philosophers he does super long interviews with them he'll bring in like biologists and it's just a really fascinating podcast and there are episodes that are like almost four hours long and they just go by like nothing so there's an there's there's a precedent if we want to mm-hmm. do the mega oh we're coming up on our two year anniversary in August maybe yes, we, we should are. do maybe we should do a mega a mega sode a mega sode <laughs> omega omega sode Kenny omega sode the four hour episode <laughs> oh boy yeah <laughs> forbidden door. Sorry. Okay, I'm done. That's totally <laughs> awesome. Let's go ahead and end this show by saying this 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 episode of Anna Emily Wrestler podcast is a production of the Q Girls Network. We have tons of shows that we've already talked about. You should go and listen to them. If you're into BTS and K-pop, you should listen to our Becoming Army show where Soph and Sarah try to get me into BTS. And I'm down for pretty Korean boys. It's just, you know, I don't have room for more fandoms. At least not to be super fans of it. But I've enjoyed doing that show, and we're going to keep doing that show. We're also bringing back soon, don't know exactly when, Anime Sweater and View for Fun. Anime Sweater, it's an anime review podcast. View for Fun is a TV and movie review podcast. We're trying to get the episode out for our fourth anniversary show of Q for Fun, which is our flagship show that originally was set to cover Heroes of the Storm, but now is morphing into a general video gaming and possibly other types of gaming podcasts. But we're kind of having some trouble getting that off the ground. And, <clears throat> of course, no episode of, of any Q-Girls Network show is complete without us shouting out Wicked Kitten's horror podcast, Gore, which is the best of all the shows. It's not officially on our network. It's Wicked Kitten's own thing. But she's one of our hosts. She's one of our friends. She's great. And if you've ever been interested about horror, or if you're like me, and you don't like horror, but you like learning about things you don't know anything about, Go and listen to Gore, because it's a great show. And it will confirm for you that clowns are, in fact, evil aliens that we must destroy. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's all the confirmation I needed. <sighs> um, we're not giving out social medias, because even though we're still using Twitter, because I can't get the fuck off of it and still get all the things that we need to do this show, um, we're, we're kind of staying on it. We're just barely there. I'm barely there. Twitter sucks. Elon Musk sucks. If you're an Elon Musk fan uh, fanboy, you can go fuck yourself and don't listen to any of our shows because we don't want you. 
We don't want your download. We don't need your download. We're hobbyist podcasters. We're here to have a good time and fuck you. <laughs> that's our that's our slogan. We're here to have a good time and fuck you. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> or does it work? I don't know. All right. Emily, any last words before we send the people home happy? Go home happy, people. <laughs> All right. Let's actually send the people home happy, if you don't mind. Okay, just this once. <laughs> and, you know, 47 other times that we've done it. <laughs> That's true. Without further ado, we'd like to bid you all adieu and say... Goodbye and good night, babe.